This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. But my title today is, Are You Ready to Win? Did you know that even as a Christian or a believer that you can be living the Christian life and not winning in every area of your life? Maybe you win here, or you won in this one area, or you win every once in a while, but did you know that God's design and purpose is that we win all the time and that we live a victorious life? So. When the Lord had given this to me, I had told Sonia, I said, I need something. And this was the first thing that came to me. I said, find me a runner, because that's what the image can do. Find me a runner, breaking that tape, because to me, that clearly is telling you, see, this is winning. Okay, this is somebody who has crossed the finish line and has won. And that's what God wants. Now, I didn't do this in the first service, but I wanted to, to read this. And hopefully now I didn't lose it. Okay. Definition of winning. Gaining, resulting in, or relating to victory in a contest or competition. Victorious, successful, triumph. Vanquishing, conquering. Attractive, endearing now listen I'm going to go down to now about on win be successful or victorious in a contest or conflict be the victor in be the winner of come first in take first place in triumph in be successful Be the winner. Come in first. Be victorious. Carry the day. Win the day. Come out on top. Succeed. Triumph. That is what God is trying to get us to get a picture of. Winning. Being victorious. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 57 in the Amplified, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, he's already done it. So you don't have to try to be victorious. We don't even have to try to win. God said, I've already done it for you. I've given everything you need. We just have to believe, but then we have to do our part. See, we have to strive after him so that we can thrive and not just survive in life. But we got to chase after God. Remember, when this, up, when this is right, our relationship with God, when this is priority, okay, this is first place over your mate, over your children, over your job, over your hobbies, over your grandchildren, when this is first, when God is first, then all the rest of this works out. And the blessing will flow. Amen? 
All right, now I need you to put on your listening ears, okay? Because this is from God. This part, right? Well, the whole thing is, but this is definitely uh, God had spoke this to me, that this was a word that he wanted for his people to hear and to receive. God is saying to us, I have gone before you. I have defeated your foes and your enemies. All that has held you captive and the things of your past that you have wrestled with, the Lord says, I have cut that off. I have cut it all off once and for all. All of it. Everyone, everything that has hindered you from walking in your destiny and in my fullness has been cut off now in the name of Jesus. For your heart of surrender and your heart of obedience, you will no longer battle those battles, says the Spirit of God. Those battles for this day, I have delivered you. Praise God. You need to get a little shout on you. Do you hear what God just said? He has delivered us this day. And anybody listening to this, you grab a hold of this for you. God has delivered you. You know, and I was sharing that even in the natural, you know, there's a tree. And there's a good example out here that you can look at when you walk out here. Okay? There was some trees that were cut here a while back. Okay, and this one out here, they cut it. But every so often, you walk by it, and all of a sudden, there's all this green stuff. That thing's growing again. Then work day will come, or somebody will come cut the grass. They'll go over there with their weed eater, and they cut that all down again. All of a sudden, you give it some time, and there it is growing again. You know why? Because it was only cut at the surface. See, that tree wasn't dug up and killed at the root. So it's going to keep coming back. And it's the same thing, see, with sometimes with things in our life, you know, bondages, your past, people, whatever. You know, if it's not dealt with at the root, when you think you've dealt with it, you think you've been delivered, you think you've been set free, and all of a sudden you can't understand, well, there it is again. God, you go over there and you deal with it a little. You pray over it. You said something. But see, God will give you a revelation, and as we get in his word, God said, I need you to get down to the root of this thing. Dig it up out so it will never come again. So God said, I've cut it off. I've dug it out. The root, the root has been cut off. Not a surface cut. This is a root cut this time. And you don't need to say anything different from now on because what you say matters. So from now on, when it or them, or whatever it is, tries to come around and bring its head up again, you say, no, you've been dug out at the root. Never again do I have that addiction, that bondage. You know, never again do I lack. Never again do I have that sickness. Never again will I walk in doubt and unbelief. Never again will I murmur and gossip about one another. No, I don't need that no more. That thing's been rooted out. Killed at the root. So right now we're going to say, Father, we seal those words. We seal them by the blood of Jesus over us. And with face, thank you, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, never again. Never again. And we thank you for it. Now listen, let me tell you why we've got to win. Because you've got people attached to you. 
You know, we've been saying that going on, going to be 11 years, you know. It's not just about you. It's about everybody that's attached to you and to me. That's going to cross your path, that has already crossed your path, and that will cross your path. Amen. And so it's time to walk in the overflow because we have people attached to our lives that have been assigned to you. You're going to touch people that I cannot touch. People are going to cross your path that will never cross my path. There's been an assignment put on everyone's life. Everybody has an assignment. And that's why we need to win. Because it's time for all of us to begin to let the rivers of the living water flow up out of us. The rivers of the living water flow from our bellies and up out of our mouth and out of our lives. Because there's a flow that's here and there's a flow that's coming and there's a flow that needs to flow into the people that God has assigned to us and out into this world, into our city and into our state and into the nations of the world need to flow up out of us like never before because we are in times, people. We're getting closer and closer to the end times. So we need to step up into this thing and begin to let the waters, the living waters flow up out of us. And I'm going to tell you also something too. When we begin to do this, See, we'll begin to get the revelation more, too, that there are angels that have been assigned to us. And they're waiting to be released to their assignment. And guess who releases them? You and me. With our mouths. See, you release. You say, angels, I send you out now to bring in my family and my, lo- my lost ones. I thank you. You go out, angels, and you bring in the people that are supposed to be in this church. I thank you, God. I send out my angels. See, you release them on their assignment. They're waiting. But see, if you don't understand that, if you don't know it, if you're not walking in the overflow, it's just about me. It's just about me. But they're ready to be released. It's time for us to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And begin to put his compass in our hands like never before. See, because we can keep going around life and you keep doing your thing. Keep going your way. And then you go back this way. And uh-oh, well, we went the wrong way. And oh, now we're on a detour. And oh my God, I'm up here. And uh, well, well, wait a minute. Where, where was I supposed to go? Oh, you know. Oh, well. Okay, and all of your now confusion and you doing your own thing, the people that God had designed and had ordained to go across your path, you missed them. Because we're not following the compass of God, his word, his direction. See, God is true north. God will always lead you in the right way. Never be worried, see, when we're following God. Oh, did I go south? But God told me to go north. No, if we're following God, you'll always go. That compass will always lead you in the right direction. Even when we mess up or we get confused or we get turned around or we start doing our thing, then all of a sudden if we say, God, I'm so sorry, let me get back right, all of a sudden that thing, have you ever seen a compass in the natural? You know, you could spin it around for a minute, but when it stops, it lines up perfectly in the direction you're supposed to go. So even in your confusion for a minute, if you stop, listen, that compass lines up to the perfect direction that it designed for you to go. 
So as we get the compass of God in our hand and begin to follow him, we are going to begin to see and hear like we've never seen and heard before if we don't limit him. If we quit trying to figure it out. I'm going to tell you, this right up here gets us in more trouble than I don't know what, than anything. Because we, our little minds, our little minds try to fathom. Well, I wonder if this is what God was saying. Well, I wonder if maybe God, I think I might know better. Or God, you're taking an awful long time. Let me help you. No, God said, just trust me. Follow my compass, follow his word, and God said, I'll lead you in the right direction. But we have to quit limiting him, and we need to begin to listen. Do you understand that God gave us two ears and one mouth? You know why? Because we need to listen more and talk less. I know that's hard for women, okay? But it's possible. It says all things are possible with God. Now, men, don't you think you got off the hook because you men can talk too when you really want to. So don't be trying to blame it on all of us women. But we all need to learn to listen more and talk less. And that's why I believe, see, the sensitivity to God's voice is critical. It's a matter of life and death in the times and the days we are. Your life and those that are attached to you. To be listening to the voice of God. Now listen, this is a victorious declaration. So I want you to listen to it. Because I'm declaring this over your life and everybody that is listening to this that's under the sound of my voice. This is a victorious declaration. We honor you and want to thank you, Father God. We want to thank you, thank you in advance for allowing us to experience your presence. We want to thank you, God. Thank you that you've showed us your goodness and your mercy and your love. Oh, we want to thank you that you've assured us of your promises and for whatever reason you've chosen to be with us and manifest your love with us to go and tell, we'll go and tell all that you've done and all that you're doing. We declare this day we will go forth and whatever you've asked of us, that we'll do it in boldness. Let us do it with our hearts full of faith, full of love, and let us do it with a yes and an amen. We will call in your laborers. We will call in the harvest. We will call in the resources and expect it to come. We thank you for calling us to a city and a people and a state and a nation of a world for such a time as this. We'll give you praise and we'll give you glory and we give you the honor. And we thank you for allowing us to be part of this for such a precious time as this. What an awesome, loving God we serve. We thank you for raising up ministry gifts in our midst. We thank you for launching prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers, evangelists and missionaries, nurses and doctors, businessmen and businesswomen, governors, mayors, presidents, musicians, talents and giftings from this house and from the people of God. We know you will bring everything that is needed to accomplish all you've asked us to do as a people in Jesus' name. And we thank you for this, Father. We declare it, we believe it, and we receive it in Jesus' name. You know, when you know who you are in Christ, when you know who you are in God, the light 
should start getting brighter. The light that comes from within. His light. See, and that's the problem. The song the children used to sing, you know, that little line of mine. Don't hide it under a bushel. Well, the problem is we've got a world full of darkness and there's not enough light. Because we've got too many believers walking in their way or doing the religious thing. We go to church. You know, we serve in ministry, we sing, we teach, and all this and that. And then we go outside of the church, and we talk, and we gossip about the preacher and the people in the church, and all that they're not doing. And we talk about this one and that church and all this and that. And we're wondering why that the world's out there. If there's really a light, where is it? Because they can't hardly see it. But see, if we're walking in God and we're full of his light, there should be a difference. And I'm not talking about a haughty, religious, self-righteous difference. I'm talking about a difference that comes with the true revelation of the love of God and his goodness. That's the light they should see. The love of God. That no matter where you are or what you've done, hey, I was there once too. And still even as believers every day, we got to strive, Lord, help me. I got a, you know, maybe everybody don't see your problem, but you're dealing with something everybody does. Sometimes some people go through an issue, it's right out there and everybody else sees it. But what about yours? It's hidden. That you think nobody knows about. Well, God knows about it, but you're dealing with it. So don't make yourself so big that, well, look at them. We can see their issue. We need to be that light that becomes so bright. Because it's the overflow of the love of God in our lives. His light. See, because we as the body of Christ need to go out there and duplicate ourselves. We need to win as many people. That's the whole design was that God wanted his family to grow. And as many come into the kingdom of God that would and that were willing and wanted to. He never forces himself on anyone. But guess what? He put that in you and me. That we became Jesus with skin on to do what he wanted us to do. So how will they know if we don't tell? How will they come if we don't ask? How are they going to know any difference if we don't show them? We're not talking about a perfect life, but we're talking about a life that's chasing after God and that loves God and loves people and remembers where we were. Remember the times we fell down and God picked us up, wiped us off. Maybe nobody knew about it, but you know God did it. You show that same mercy and love for those that are around you. God said, I'll fill you up to an overflowing. But we've got to duplicate ourselves in order for what? For God's family to grow and also for us to grow. See, if you don't go out and tell and share and compel one another and compel those to come into the house of God, and then if you are, whatever area you're in, remember, it's important to God, but we've got to duplicate ourselves in order for the kingdom to grow, but also for you and I to grow and to stay healthy. Remember, you challenge your children to grow. You challenge them, now it's time to go on the potty. Now it's time to brush your teeth. Now it's time for you to tie your shoes. You to feed your, feed your own self. See, we challenge one another in the body of Christ, so we should be forever growing. No one will ever arrive till we get to heaven. Amen? 
So whatever capacity or whatever filling that God has given you, I guarantee you, one, there's somebody else that has more, so you want to be around them. Then there's somebody else that maybe don't have what you have or haven't heard the truth. Maybe they've never heard anything. Maybe they've heard a mistruth. So what an opportunity for you to go tell them, let me tell you about what God did for me. So whatever capacity you're in, there's either somebody that has more and there's somebody that always has less. It's not that I'm better than you, but it's let me tell you what God did for me because I'm telling you there's more. Then be around those that got more. Start pouring into them and let others pour into you. In 1 Kings 17, 16, it talked about the more they poured the oil out, the flowing just kept going. The more they poured, the more it flowed. The more they poured, the more it flowed. It's the same thing, see, with us. The more you give out, the more God's going to give in to you. But you also have to do your part. You have to keep yourself filled. And how do you keep yourself filled? Being in the Word of God, coming to church, being connected, being in a place that believes in challenging you, not just tickling your ears or not always having some big explosion, you know, and everybody falling on the ground all the time, but you never taught anything. See, we got to have a balance in the house of God. You can't always have altar calls and everybody always gets their hands laid on. They're always falling on the ground because they just get back up and get, you know, want to come and get some more. But it's time to grow up in the things of God because people are out there looking for somebody. I'm empty. Come pour into me. Look for the hungry. And God will give them to you. Look for somebody that needs God's love. Like you've experienced it. And as you keep filling yourself out, pour it out, it'll come back in. But you have to be filled and stay full in order to give it away. But, and then you can't just get it and keep it for yourself. Go tell. How, I don't understand how anybody could get saved or healed or experience the love of God or the forgiveness of God and then never go tell anybody. So when I talk about you having a capacity and you're looking, I'm not talking about that in a judgmental way. You know, you know how to go tell somebody or teach somebody and something that they don't know. Somebody came and told you. Look, I don't know if you know about this, but let me tell you what God did. Or did you know, man, you can get more of this. Did you know you can keep on growing? Did you know you can keep being filled and filled and filled and filled? And when you're challenged, you go challenge others out of love. Challenge them to grow. Challenge them to find out there's more. There's more. I don't know if you've experienced this, but let me tell you, man, I didn't know about it neither. When God tapped me into it, I want to go tap. There's more out there. Challenge them into a place, to a place in the spirit where they've never been. And you'll also be challenging yourself then to step into more. See, because the more that you step into, the more you give out, God's going to show you something else. You're going to go, oh, whoa, I didn't know there was some more of this. Bathe me in this, dunk me in it, saturate me with it. Duplicate yourself in the love of God. Tell them what God has done for you. Tell them. That's how the body of Christ goes. That's how uh, God's family grows is when we go tell. Go tell what they've done. 
Go tell what they've done. We all have calling and giftings on our life. And as you keep pouring them out and you keep telling, God said, I'm just going to keep filling you up. And the flow will never stop if we keep this principle going. It will never, ever stop. It will just keep increasing, increasing, and increasing because that is the mystery of God. How he can put his super on our natural. How when they kept filling those pots and those vessels just kept pouring as long as they held that pot, it kept pouring out. It's like God taking five loaves and two fishes and John over there in six it talked about how did he do that? He fed 5,000 plus wives and children. He did it so well there were 12 extra baskets of food. Think about that. See, this can't understand that. See, that's when you got to let your heart Realize the supernatural of God. Twelve means government. Twelve also represents apostolic uh, authority. God takes what's in your and my hand and he multiplies it if we allow it to be broken and blessed. So whatever we give God with an open heart, he said, I'll multiply it. I'll multiply it. It's all going to be in God's time and God's doing everything he should. But we got to still do our part. We got to keep on plowing. We got to keep on pushing, being obedient, keeping ourselves in a place of willingness and obedience. Willing and obedient. The two words the church doesn't want to hear. Willing and obedient. See, it's not about what you want to do. It's not about your feelings and your emotions or what you think the pastor should do or the worship leader should do. It's about what God is doing. And if we'll follow him and then trust those that he's put in our lives, it doesn't matter if you like the song. It didn't matter if you didn't like how they preached the word. It doesn't matter because you're there to serve God. And then you say, God, now use me to be a servant because I have a servant's heart. And if you don't, you need to cry that out every day. You need to say, God, I have a servant's heart. I will serve you. I will serve your house. And I will serve your people with a joyful heart. I will do it on to the Lord. And guess what? You'll start reaping the benefits like never, ever before. You'll start reaping benefits. But we've got to keep on plowing, keep pushing in, keep growing ourselves so that we can help others to grow. Keep in a right relationship with God and with others of like mind and then going and telling those that don't know what you know. Being in accountability to one to another, serving God and serving his house and his people with a joyful heart. Because this is the key to us winning. This is the key to you being victorious. Serving God, serving his house, serving his people, and then giving it away. Go tell what God has done for you. In Psalms 59, 1 through 3, this was actually a prayer for rescue from his enemies. It was to the chief musicians... Because it was on a day when Saul had sent men to watch David's house because he wanted to kill him. So his prayer was, deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Set me securely 
on an inaccessible high place away from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who practice wrongdoing and save me from bloodthirsty men. Look, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce and powerful men are uniting uh, together to launch an attack against me, not for my wrongdoing, nor for any sin of mine, O Lord. Do you know the enemy comes and attacks when you're not in the will of God and when you're in the will of God? But you and I have to get up and be stronger than that. See, don't lay down and go, well, maybe God's trying to teach me something. Oh, my God. Now, see, that's exactly what the enemy would like you to believe because why? If you think he put that sickness and disease on you, if he think that God's doing all this wrong and bad and hurtful stuff to you, then why would you fight? And that's exactly where he wants you to be. The enemy don't want you to fight. He wants you to lay down. So if he can either kill you physically or destroy your witness because you can't even help yourself, much less help anybody else. That is the design of the enemy. So get up and fight. Fight for what God has called us to do. Fight. God told you today already he has delivered you out of the hand of your enemies. He has delivered you from your past. He has delivered you from every bondage, everything, and everyone that has held you back. From walking in the fullness of his destiny that he has for you. The fullness. Did you know that as a believer you can be walking around half full? That's not God's best. He said, I want you to walk in my fullness to overflowing where you have too much. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to walk in some too much. Too much overflow. Overflow where I got more than enough for everything I need, want, and desire. I'm giving it away so much. I'm like, God, where do you want me to go now? What do you want me to say now? How much you want me to give now? What do I need to take care of now? Who needs to be fed now? Where do we need to put wells and water in? How much do they need? What? How many buildings do they need built? We'll go and do it or we'll send somebody to do it. Walk in the too much. Fight for what God has for you and what the enemy is trying to steal from you. Get up and say no more. That's what God said in the beginning. He spoke the word and he said, it has been cut off. This battle for this day, I have delivered you. Once and for all, no more. Fight. Because what the devil's trying to do, see, is to steal the word from you. Steal your witness. Your effectiveness. Dim your light so that you're so dim, don't nobody notice you anyway. Or when you do say something, there's no power in what you say. You say a lot of stuff, you scream and holler and jump around a lot, but there's no power. There's no changing effect, there's no miracles. And we got to get to a place, but I'm telling you, I got people all the time coming up to me. Oh my God, you're in service. You know, this was hurting. It stopped. I got this healed. Oh my God, I felt this bad pain. Oh my God, I went to the doctors and they told me this, but then you prayed and then I came. It's gone. They said it's gone. Don't tell! Amen. Tell! Amen. Tell everybody! Don't just tell me! Go tell! Amen. 
and fight for what God has given you as Pastor Ron comes. Because I'm telling you, what he's trying to do is to steal the word of God from you and to steal your effectiveness, steal your witness. Why? People for our life. I'm going to get a, I'm going to believe God for the money. I'm going to get a huge big banner that's going to go on that wall out there so that every time you leave this sanctuary, all you see is people for my life. People for our life. To be reminded that when you walk out those doors, okay, it's not just about you anymore. It's people for you. Came in here to get filled up so you can go give it away. Because remember, if you don't give it away, you ain't going to get no more. And then when you do give it away, you've got to be faithful to keep yourself filled. People for our lives. See, it's time to win. Because if you're not winning and you're not being victorious, guess what? You can't give it away. You can't bring as many with you that God designed. He said, go tell, go tell. Psalms 20 and 5, it says, We will sing joyously over your victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. It's time, people, for us to be walking around carrying the banner of Winner, victorious, I'm victorious in God. Why? So that I can help you to be victorious. It's not a haughty or prideful thing. It's a matter of life and death. Your life, their life. Your family, everybody that's attached to you. But now some of you need to let go of your family. You're carrying them around. And it's burning you down. You're walking around heavy and that's all you think about. So God's asked you, I don't know how many times, to get involved in the church, pray for somebody else, but you're so laid it down because you're carrying everybody. And that's not God's will. And you're actually in sin. Because if you had faith, they'd be up on the altar. You give them to God, and then guess what? You go out and tell others. Because when you go tell others about what God's told you to do and go share, then guess what? God will be faithful to send somebody across their path, across your family's path. The ones that are near you, the ones that are not, the ones that don't want to hear what you got to say anyway, so just stop it. Okay, your family. Sometimes family's the worst one to tell other family. So just shut your mouth, pray a prayer of faith, say, God, I give them to you, and now I'm going to go tend to others. And as I'm putting into their lives, you're going to send other people to take care of mine. That they will listen to. And then guess what? Now you're free. Oh, listen, now you're free. You're freed up now to go to work. You ain't got your, all your hands and all your, your whole life. You're walking around like this. Oh God, I ain't got time God, to do that, man. I, I gotta keep I gotta keep praying, keep caring. No, you're worrying. You're fretting. you're not in faith, you're in fear. And that they don't walk together, just in case you didn't know. Fear and faith don't walk together. So let them go. Let it be. God didn't say, I didn't call you to change them. I called you to be a witness. And do you know you're a more effective witness when you got some joy and you got some peace? 
and you actually are in church and you're serving God, do you know your witness will be more effective to them? And guess what? They may actually say, wow, maybe this thing really does work because they sure are happy. They're going to church all the time and I, I, I see they're acting better. They're feeling better. They're not bothering me no more. And so maybe there's something to this. See, you're so worried about trying to fix everybody and fix everything, and all you've done is you've made them want less of God, not more. So let's do the exchange. You give your friends and your family, your children, you give them over to God. And you pray and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Then you go about telling all those that don't know or that have been told wrong, those that are hopeless and hurting don't know what the real love of God is. And do you know that even in the process of that, those of you that struggle with receiving and, ex and, 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 ex and, and experiencing the real love of God, as you go give it away, guess what? You'll start getting more and more revelation of the love of God. See, whatever you give away, you'll get more of. You say, well, I I'm not good around people. I didn't tell you you had to go preach a sermon to them. Just go tell. Don't tell me you ain't had time where you've sat down next to somebody and they start just blurting out all the stuff in their life. And you say, well, look, and I just tell you, you know, I was there once. You know, I just went through something and I thought it was just going to kill me. But thank God I had a God in my life. I don't know everything, but I know the one who does. Amen. And see, and I put my trust in him. And do you know he turned that around for me? Do you know that that is living water to somebody? Amen. Who is thirsty? They may not know. They're not asking you about Jesus, but they're asking you, look, my life ain't working. My life sucks. I'm hurting. I'm disappointed. I don't know if I want to go on. And somebody comes along with a little bit of light and pours in some living water, some oil into a dry place. And guess what? Hallelujah. Amen. And then guess what? God's going to say, oh man, I need to give them some more. They're doing with what I told them, so I'm going to give them some more. Amen. I'm going to go give them some more. I'm going to fill them up to overflowing so they got too much. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.